What up, witches? Whoa, what a crazy episode that was. Here is our podcast review of the third episode of American Horror Story Coven, titled The Replacements. We are on iTunes, so check us out there. And we're on Facebook, so like us there. Facebook.com slash This American Horror Story Podcast. Enjoy! Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast on the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with... Co-host, Chris Husted. What's going on, everyone? What was that episode? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was pretty nuts. Pretty all over the place. I am very excited to talk about it. Before we dive in too much, what are you uh, imbibing this evening? Uh, I like friend? that you used the word imbibe. <laughs> I do not imbibe, good sir. Uh, Pause. I have some Plug bourbon. straight from the show. <laughs> exactly. I have some bourbon neat uh, this evening, just a little bit. What about you? Mm, classy gent. Classy gent. I've got some local um, pumpkin beer. I'm in the harvest spirit. Feeling the season. Um, I feel like it's appropriate for this a show of this um, chilly fall capacity. And I'm looking yeah. forward to diving right in. Weird. So, Dude, this episode was so weird. It was, it was crazy. It was so weird. There's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Of course, as always, before we begin, we want to remind you to check us out on iTunes. Critique us, comment, let us know what you think. We appreciate any sort of constructive criticism. We take it to heart. We try to implement it. We love it. Um, as always, you can also email us at this American Horror Story um, pod, this American Horror Story at gmail.com, and then you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash this American Horror Story podcast. We appreciate all of that. We appreciate your comments. And without further ado, I say we dive headfirst into this episode. I admit that I did not write down the name of this episode yet. Did you write it down? The Replacements. The, the replacements. replacements. And it is directed by our boy, Alfonso Gomez Rejon. Alfonso Gomez Rejon. He is a stud. What did you what do you take from that uh that title of this episode before we dive in? The replacements. Uh, I was trying to think about this. Uh it, it means a few it means a few things in this in this episode. Replacements meaning the replacement body parts that Kyle has now. Uh, the replacement, uh, specifically, uh, I think the, the biggest replacement in here is discussing who the new Supreme is in the context of Fiona when she was younger and became the new Supreme, and then also Fiona dealing with an up-and-coming Supreme, which is, Madison. to me, one of the biggest surprises of this episode and reveals that I did not see coming and I really liked a lot because it could have gone a different way, mm-hmm. the way we thought it might have gone. I agree. I agree. I think it was there was a there was some big there's definitely some major twists and kind of some major cliffhangers in this episode. Definitely excited to talk about them. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. And um, you kind of hit it. You kind of uh, touched on it already. Um, obviously, this episode is called the replacements, and we see a big scene of replacement in the opening kind of before credit scene. We see Fiona. Um, a young Fiona, right? A young, well, first of all, we kind of, no, we see her in the modern day first, and she's kind of like Drunk. restless, not able to sleep, taking pills, drinking, yeah, drunk. And we kind of see, um, 
her, I, I guess, like, basically remembering back to 1971. And this is when the young Fiona, young, gorgeous, beautiful Fiona, is facing her, um, the current Supreme, who's of the Salem Coven, who, whose name is Annalie. Right. Right. And uh, they basically have a confrontation in which um, Fiona kills her and takes over as Queen Supreme by slitting right. her throat right there in the living room. Um, there's a couple things that I think it's important to note in this sequence. First of all, uh, we hear the Supreme Annalie talk about mastering the Seven Wonders. Now, in my opinion, I feel like this isn't just like some random shit they dropped in here. I feel like we're going to figure out what that is. Kind Absolutely. Of, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, we're definitely... I, I think we have had some hints of what how these wonders are manifested in powers in some of our witches, but we don't know what every single one spelled out exactly is. So that that's definitely dropped in there to lead us to start speculating on what all these powers are, what these wonders are, and, and who's going to uh, accumulate them. And Cordelia's hinted at it in, uh, before, basically, that the Supreme embodies multiple talents while other witches have kind of a singular talent. Right. And I'm assuming these seven talents that Annalie references are the talents that combine to make you the so-called Supreme. Right. I think uh, she says even, like, you know, maybe you'll have four or five if you're lucky. Like, to, so maybe to have seven is just insane. Right. Seven is, like, the magic number. And, obviously, seven has been kind of a historic magical number throughout history and mythology and all that kind of stuff. Um, another thing I think that is interesting is, of course, a much younger and um, not as uh, rugged-looking Spalding watches this all go down. Right, yeah. He's so quiet still, but <laughs> there he and, is. And she says, to, uh, young Fiona says to him, Cat got your tongue? <laughs> Which, obviously, we talked about the you know in past episode, it was referenced that his tongue was cut out. Now, I had a question for you. Do you think that she cuts his tongue out after this because she doesn't want him to tell that she killed the Supreme? Or do you think that we're going to find out his tongue was cut from something else earlier? That's a good question. I have not thought about it really. Um, I I I think that maybe does kind of either foreshadow or just teases at the idea that uh, Fiona is the one who did it. But you know, I I don't know. I don't have any basis or or uh, uh, foundation to to guess that outside of that joke she kind of throws away on him. But I don't know. What do you think? Right. Um, I I just noticed that comment in context and it. I felt like maybe it was hinting at something bigger. I guess we'll we'll see, but it felt like it could have been a reference to something we'll like, learn more about her. Maybe a cat actually gets his tongue. These are witches. Maybe a cat literally bites his tongue out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's another one of those wish cliches that we see come up. You know, black Don't cats. make out with cats. Yeah, witches are always making out with cats. Uh, I mean, into duh. It. <laughs> Um, and obviously, like you said, this whole episode is about Fiona trying to replace herself, being replaced by a younger Supreme. We see her... We had this really interesting scene following the credits that I think we should talk about, in which she talks about this dance, and she was always able to do the dance. It's always her dance, and um, essentially we see her in a bar kind of waiting for men to approach her, and then they don't. Which I think is really important to... I, I think that's clearly the dance she's re referencing, is that she's no longer the young, sexy seductress that she once was. Right. 
She's she's aged. She's lost her sexual appeal. And we we transition from this scene straight Which, to her. Oh, go I, ahead, real quick. I was say that 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 could also be one of the themes of this episode is sex and sexual not sexuality but sex appeal and what is sexy because we have these a few characters in here who aren't traditionally considered sexy right mm-hmm. i mean we've got uh queenie we've got uh fiona who is just aged uh and kyle's mom yeah that okay well yeah we'll get there oh god we'll get ugh, that was God, if there's any reminder that in this episode that, oh, by the way, you're watching American Horror Story. Here we are, and here we're going to go ten steps further than you ever dreamed we'd go. Anyway, sorry. Back to to this every episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, sex appeal and what, and, okay, anyway. So, um, and then I just think it was an interesting kind of transition we had from this her realizing that she's no longer attracting men. And I, I think it's interesting how they set it up for that man to kind of, that guy finishes his drink, the handsome guy kind of walks over toward her and then goes to the other girls. And it's like, it's just very, uh, you know, Alfonso Gomez Rejon is just such a, a talented director that, it, I mean. Right. I like that we're, we were shown it and we weren't told. You know, we totally get what what we're supposed to get out of that scene. He's so good at, um, like, choreographing scenes. So a lot of it, I mean, obviously there's a lot of good dialogue and stuff too, but a lot of it is showing and not always telling, which I appreciate. As storytellers, yes. Exactly, and we transition from here straight to uh, her in a plastic surgeon's office, and she ends up listening to this guy t- like talk like in real gruesome detail about basically how the uh, plastic surgery process works. This sounds how, like messed up too. Removing how, the face, the face is literally detached from the body, and it's. I think it's also interesting because it's like, kind of, I mean, the way they talk about it, it's almost an element of like voodoo. Witchcraft, you know, it's kind of a, it's almost a form of witchcraft. You Absolutely, know? the language choices they've used in, in that is there. That's another kind of thing we've been noticing modern medicine and its uh, kind of parallel uh, relationship with uh, witchcraft, mm-hmm. or what was a, what is considered witchcraft. Yeah, that what it what really is. I mean, we've talked about technology, we're talking mm-hmm. about medicine. I think that is an interesting and continuing theme. Um, of course, we have a scene here next with Zoe and Kyle's mom, uh, who is lighting up, um, uh, clearly very depressed that her, her son is, is dead, um, calls him a natural gentleman, talks about all the great stuff he did, Zoe clearly feels bad for her, thinks she's a mess, and Kyle's mom confesses that she was about to kill herself, she was about to hang herself before Zoe called to say she wanted to come visit. Right. So she's taking Kyle's death super hard, seems like... Kyle was her whole reason for living, pretty much. What'd you right. Say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that... And I, as you would imagine, any parent who loses their child, no matter what age, it's just... It's devastating, right? So, mm-hmm. at this point, you just... You know, I'm just like, oh, wow, Zoe, thanks for giving her a call and saving her from suicide. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we learned this relationship carried on even in more um, destructive ways than we could have even realized. And in that vein, um, why don't we just follow this Zoe and Kyle uh, storyline through? Because it doesn't really connect as much to the other... I don't think Zoe interacts with any of the other right. sisters of the coven or Fiona or Cordelia in this episode. It's really more of Kyle's storyline in this mm-hmm. uh, in this episode. Good point, good point. So I th- let's go ahead and follow that. So we see, of course, she goes and picks Kyle up from Misty... Misty 
Um, once again, we have some Stevie Nicks worship here. Right. Um, you were saying earlier. So I think Missy looks like the lead singer of the band Perry. It's a country uh, group. But that kind of wavy blonde hair. Oh, I think Lily Rabe is looking gorgeous in this season so far. Yeah, um, I love Lily Rabe. I think she's like I think she's awesome. Um, I did read in Entertainment Weekly that she not only is she obviously um, a huge fan of Stevie Nicks in this season, but she's also she's trying to dress like her and trying to look like her too, as far as like emulate her her look and her dance and stuff like that as well. She's a method so, actress, huh? Exactly. So there, there's there's a lot of Stevie Nicks going on here. And um, question for you, real quick. This is a total aside. I know. I know. We talked how we wouldn't spend much time on on this scene, but how how old do you think uh, um, Lily Rabe is? This blew my mind when I looked it up. Because think of who she's played in all these, um, you know, American Horror Story uh, seasons. So season one, she played someone who I was guessing was probably mid thirties. Me too. Early early mid thirties. Last season, as Sister Eunice, I kind of expected the same thing. Uh, didn't you? Would you have kind of figured that's what she was, as Sister Eunice? I, I did too. I did too. And this is awful because this kind of fights what a lot of this episode is about, and you know, aging and stuff like that. But she is. You ready? Yeah, hit me. Thirty-one years old. She's ah. only thirty-one. Which I mean, she kind of is playing a little bit. It seems she's like been a little bit younger older. character. Yeah, yeah but this one's younger. This one's younger for sure. So this is good. her true age in this in this one. Yeah. But yeah, she's anyway, she's that's all. Yeah, beautiful in the season so far, and uh, clearly very lonely. Does not want Kyle to leave. Does not want Zoe to leave. Right. I don't think she. I don't think she had a necessarily particular connection with Kyle. I think that she just just she clearly she just craves human contact. Um. But Zoe pulls Kyle away. She's taking him home to mom. Drops him Zoe. off on the doorstep. Drops him off at the doorstep, which he, like, is just leaning against. Face like, I mean, we still have, he hasn't spoken a word yet, so we're not even sure that he can talk. I think throughout this whole episode, we have no proof he can talk. Um, she thinks she's doing the right thing by, by bringing him back home and reuniting with his mother because his mother's such a mess. Uh, then we have a pretty disturbing scene between Kyle and mom right. in which she comes and lays down and like basically talks about how he's not the same, like there's something weird about him and right. we kind of have this shower scene where like we see all his sewn together body parts, which like very impressive. I want to say very impressive makeup done on him yeah. in this where like looking at his scars on his wrist where it was sewn on and like his arms and his neck and stuff like that. I think it was, I mean, it looks, it looks great. It is pretty good. As I, far as effects go. I wish I could show you my notes in this scene. It's so, you know, like, oh, he's back with this bomb. This is great. Oh, she's talking to him. She missed him. And then she talks about how she saw him in the shower. And then we get that flashback to the shower scene. And she opens up the shower curtain. I'm like, whoa, okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I write this. I'm sorry, Mom. Uh, get out of my shower. And then it cuts back <laughs> to her kissing her son. And then the hand slides down on the sheets. And my notes just go, WTF! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Oh, Jesus. This, is, this has gone to hell. Here we go. I know. It's like, ah, Mom, come on. Good <laughs> Lord. Jesus Christ. What the hell? Woo! So much for doing the right thing. So clearly he's been, like, continually, we find out, pretty much raped by his mother for years and years. And, like, looking at the look on his face, he's 
it, maybe that was what he was working the whole time to get away from when he was going to Tulane was right. sexual abuse, and basically Zoe brought him back to that situation. Um, and so the mom goes off on this rant about how he's not the same Kyle she remembers and how she knows his body better than anybody else. Which Disgusting. Is... So obviously she was checking out, checking out his wiener and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she like pulls him up to like touch her and stuff like that. And he just basically flips out and takes an old trophy and beats her to death with it. Right, right, yep. So... Uh, a lot of blood, a lot of gore. A lot that of... was, yeah, that was pretty. That was like Walking Dead stuff right there. Beating to death with a blunt object. I would say that's pretty Walking Dead stuff right there. Um, and it definitely was, disturbing. When Zoe shows up and sees the corpse lying there, that yeah, is I, a Walking Dead body for sure. Mm-hmm. And like uh, great filming too. When we see Zoe walking through the dark house, eerie lighting, stuff like that. Loved Goes it. The door sees the Spooky. dead mom. Turns around and of course, who's there? But bloody frank and kyle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's kind of that's kind of one of our cliffhangers we have a kind of a few cliffhangers in this episode right so i mean with this storyline it's interesting and we've we've noticed this before when she drops kyle off at the front door and the mom opens the door and we're supposed to ex- we're expecting this great reunion kyle does a quick jerk of the head and looks at zoe hiding behind the tree and that that got that gave me like the creeps a little bit and then when he shows up and he's you know, fix it. He's fixated with Zoe. You know, he he has some allegiance or loyalty to her. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues to develop their relationship. Well, they kind of have a Doctor Frankenstein Frankenstein's monster relationship, right, basically. Exactly, you yeah. know, I think that she is his creator and to some degree, and yeah. so he feels obviously. I think that connection to her, right? And she and she sees him not as a monster so much, or at least, well, maybe she will now that she knows he killed something, right? But like. I'm still unsure of where this storyline is going outside of star-crossed lovers, you know? Like, where where, where do we go from here now? Like, obviously, he's not going to get in trouble for killing his mom because he's dead to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, I, I, I mean, I'm ex- I, I know that there's something planned for sure. I just, I, it seems a little... And, and Thaisa Farm, Farmiga hasn't... I mean, she just kind of hangs around and does stuff, but she doesn't. She hasn't had a really good storyline too much yet either. I agree. I don't really know where this is going either. Um, Why is she in love with him after like one party? <laughs> well, I, it seems like she was just really. I mean, it was supposed to be like very Romeo and Juliet, I guess. I think that was kind of yeah. That's what we kind of got the feeling yeah. from from episode one. Um, you think she'd be thinking more about her boyfriend from? That she, that she already murdered. <laughs> killed. Maybe try to bring him back or something like that. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. I guess this is a new life for her and stuff like that. And maybe the fact that this wasn't her fault makes it that much better. But, um, do anyway. you think that Kyle's ever going to talk again? I mean, uh, I hope so. I or are we just going to have him in Peter's yeah, ground for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, because when he, when he starts bashing his mom's brains in, he says no. Really? Like he goes, no. Does he? Yeah, he does. Okay. So, yeah. So, he said his first word. Aw. <laughs> Great to... Yeah. Mommy got to witness it, so... Gnarly. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah, that was that was gross. Um, so, I, are we better off with that, Mom? I don't know. Um, well, but yes, she clearly but fucked with his mind. Yeah. yeah. She clearly <laughs> fucked with his mind quite a bit. Uh, okay. So, that that's pretty much... I mean, is it in incest there. if it's not his body? <laughs> too that far, too is far, too far. excellent yeah or is it just necrophilia or is it incestual necrophilia i think these are important questions that ryan murphy is asking us to ask ourselves <laughs> <laughs> man this show's twisted 
it is we're going into some deep dark territory with a couple different like rape kind of rapey stuff going on in these first few episodes i mean it wouldn't be american horror story if there weren't a few rapey things happening like you said we're crossing lines wasn't this season supposed to be lighter (laughs) so they said i guess we have more humor is it humor i'm gonna say in quotations yeah um let's talk now about uh patty lapone so we have a scene where obviously nan and queenie are kind of observing uh luke is that his name yeah Yeah. hot stud luke who's moving in next door and taking off his sweaty shirt so he can move stuff inside and then of course we're introduced to his mom who is um uh tony award winner she's won tony awards at least a big broadway star patty lapone yeah um, and we know that uh, Madison walks out on the balcony and we see that there's going to be some sort of we, you know we immediately get the feeling with the kind of look that yeah. uh, Patty Lapone gives Madison that there's going to be some sort of clash here oh yeah you know you think it'd be down the road too but yet nope <laughs> next scene oh no it comes super fast so Nan and Madison decide they're going to take a cake over to Luke. Uh, the, the new neighbors, Luke. And um, basically, we find out that Patty Lapone and Luke... Well, Luke pays really no attention to Madison, even in her sexy dress, and kind of flirts with Nan instead. And uh, we find out that they are, like, super evangelical Bible thumpers. Um, which basically pisses off Madison, and she denounces their god and tells them it's bullshit and which Patty clearly Lepone, is ryan murphy or brad falchuk's position on religion i think yeah i think they've made that clear in the past yeah and uh pissed off about this patty lapone um what's her name i think we we hear it somewhere yeah uh it's um joe, joe ramsey joe ramsey yeah uh orders them out of the house never to return Madison then, like, shoots the knife across the room, barely missing Joan's head, and lights the curtains on fire as yeah. they leave. I walked Which, out, and Nan, that was tight. That was really tight. Nan was like, I didn't know you could do that. She's like, I didn't either. I know. It was very badass, but I think that Luke and Joan did not look nearly as, um, surprised. Like, terrified and surprised as I feel like they yeah. should. Yeah. Have they, maybe they've encountered witches before, or maybe is, is magical powers that common I, I i would think not but yeah but they weren't as surprised about that luke didn't even like bat an eye no he was too hooked on her hips walking out of that room was he who knows no, no i don't think so he didn't seem even remotely interested so yeah. i'm wondering maybe we have a gay character i was gonna say maybe he maybe he doesn't like women um or maybe he's just super religious i i do have a thing about this and you know regardless of how people fall on religion it is kind of stereotypical to portray religious people this way in this day and age, I think. There's a lot mm-hmm. more flexibility and a range in that. So to always put these super Christian people as like Bible thumpers is kind of, I don't know. I, there, I think there's more room there for nuances and, and uh, the range of how extreme you are on religion. You know, on the one hand, I would say that I agree with you that I think I don't appreciate necessarily when they take a stereotype or a cliche like this and just make it such a single layer. But at the same time... It's the first it's kind of, time we met them, too. So it could it, be. It, it's the first time we've met them. Yeah, and I would say also, right. B, 
with kind of the campy nature of this whole season and kind of I feel like they're trying to subvert a lot of um a lot of stuff simultaneously by kind of playing with clichés like um you know they're they're toying with I mean they're toying with racism and stuff like mm-hmm. that you know like in obviously feminism and mm-hmm. sexuality and stuff like that and so I'm prone to believe that this is just another I mean, they're, they're trying to subvert this more than anything and, and kind of try to give them benefit of the doubt. Right. Yeah. Obviously, we'll see, see, we'll see what happens. Going. Um, as we follow the story along, we kind of, you can't help um, but kind of obviously tie in the Fiona and Cordelia storylines because Fiona intimately ties in with right. Madison here. And this is our main storyline right here. Right. Um, but we see at the same time that Fiona's finding out she can't have uh, her plastic surgery because... Uh, her immune system is too deficient. We later find out that she has cancer. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's that big a reveal. I think we can talk about that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of it's basically been implied that she's kind of been deteriorating. Terminal cancer, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, we are this scene is kind of juxtaposed with Cordelia finding out that once again, basically, that she can't have a baby. Right. Um, she goes to another fertility doctor, and I mean, seems like she's just really exhausted all her options. We've seen kind of both these women. Mother and daughter exhaust all their options right. in two different ways: one to create new life, and one to preserve her own life. Exactly. So they kind of have—I mean, they have parallels, and maybe they have more in common than they realize. Right. Um, in the meantime, Patty Lapone, Joan Ramsey, comes over to basically complain about Madison to Fiona in another pretty badass scene. Um, she brings a Bible as a gift, and the Fiona's just drinking. Neat whiskey, it looks like. Um, doesn't really... I mean, basically has the same attitude as Madison. And I think we're supposed to see parallels between Madison and... Definitely. Fiona. I was seeing that, especially in the sequence when Madison shows up in that scene. And walks out and says that she'd summon the devil over there. And yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> I love it. This was the first episode where I was like, okay, Emma Roberts. All right. I mean, she does this role a lot in her films and stuff, but I was starting to kind of root for her a little bit in this because she's a tough cookie and she has one of the biggest she i mean she she could have a huge transformation in this season because she's one that's so hard and tough but bitchy but could grow softer or powerful there's a lot that she could do it's it's true there's a lot of potential expansion and we've already kind of seen her softer side and her kind of rehardened following it with the whole thing that went down at the frat party right um, so they kind of together bond over scaring off Joan Ramsey and decided they're going to uh, go out for drinks or whatever. And essentially, we have an interesting interaction um, where Fiona reveals to Madison that she thinks Madison is the next Supreme. Right. Did this take you by surprise? Absolutely. This was awesome. This was such a good twist, I thought, because I think everyone would expect that um, off right off the bat that uh, Zoe, our, our kind of sympathetic character, would be the next Supreme. So the fact that they threw this curveball in there and said, actually, Madison is the next Supreme was a great choice uh, in, in the storytelling. Um, now, that being said, when this happens, it's kind of... there. You know, when when they have this interaction, when uh, Z- uh, I'm sorry, uh, Madison hears from Fiona that she might be the next Supreme, 
Um, it's kind of exciting at first, I-, I thought, because I was like, oh, man, we're going to get like a mentor-mentee relationship here. And they're already kind of similar personalities. So these two ladies are just going to go on a rampage and be awesome together. Uh, but then, well, I want to ask you about what you thought. But then, like, after that, after that kind of sequence where they decide to go out, Fiona had just kind of has this expression on her face where it's kind of like, She's not, she doesn't look that thrilled or happy about it. Uh, or she, it's just not, a, she's not as happy as she, you would think she would be when they're having this like bonding moment. So I took it as, uh oh, you know, maybe Fiona's a little like, she doesn't know how to deal with this yet or she's confused on how this relationship would work. What did, what did you think? I think, okay, so let's, let's obviously then talk about the sequence where we have Madison Fiona go out to a bar and, um, we kind of have a scene, essentially, there's music playing in the background, and I would say it's, I think we're supposed to relate this back to the scene in which Fiona says that she's not able to do the dance anymore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And here we see Madison successfully doing the dance, having the guy come and put the jacket on her. All the guy's eyes are on Madison while Fiona's just kind of at the bar uh, getting drunk. And, you know, for a second, Fiona literally sees herself, you know, a transformation her younger self in Madison. And so at this point in time, I was kind of thinking like, maybe she's going to try to sap Madison's youth. Like she did that, uh, scientist guy back in LA or something like that. Like uh, maybe this is, I mean, I kind of got the first sense that maybe this relationship is not going to be as long lasting and, and a team and as, uh, mentor filled as, as we were potentially hoping, um, which could have been a fun it could have been storyline really fun. Too. I, you know and I was thinking about that it could have been a really fun storyline I wish that we could have gotten to see more of them working as a team together but I do have to say this far better fits this character that Fiona is shaping up to be right I think, like it wouldn't have made sense for her to be able to endure that she's too selfish too um, jealous She's basically like the evil queen from Snow White, you know? She can't have... That's a great analogy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she needs to be the fairest one of all, basically, right? Right. So they go back to the house, and... um, Well, did Fiona tell Madison that she was the next Supreme yet, or did she tell her at the end? I'm trying to remember exactly when the moment comes... I think I would guess that... She, I think she doesn't tell her till they get back to the house at the end of okay. the episode. But she but says think, she can teach her and give her, like... She can learn new powers and stuff like that. Right. So I think it's kind of... We kind of get the implication earlier. But right. She kind of finally reveals it right. at the end there. Um, um, also... Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. I was going to say just one more thing I think is interesting to know. We don't know 100% for sure that Madison is or is or was the Supreme. In fact, maybe that's one of the curveballs we're going to find out is that Fiona was wrong. And that Zoe is the Supreme or someone else. Um, maybe Cordelia is actually ends up being her mother's daughter and is the actual Could Supreme. Where it's not we're not really told how We're um, just told that through Fiona. Right, assuming. through Fiona. Assuming and I guess we're kind of assuming that she has a sense for it, but at the same time, obviously we haven't seen Madison do any of these seven wonders. She's done two which though. which are we assume are fire. Actually and she did three. We what was think. the third one? That and this, my friend, is I think the crux scene of the episode, um, where they're sitting ha- having lunch at that cafe. Oh, and right. she kind of this. I think this is the the like 
here we have Fiona trying to teach uh, Madison uh, a, a new power, and, and that is to get someone to disregard their self-preservation instinct and to mm-hmm. be in a place where it's very dangerous, but yet they feel very comfortable. So forcing or tricking someone into taking over their that. mind, yeah, taking right. over their mind, right? So, and that is. You know, that is exactly so she has that guy walk across the street and stand in the middle of the street uh and then after it happens you know the guy walks away and it, it happens the cars dodge him and get around him get out of the street and then madison looks at her and goes was that you or me and then neither of them like kind of like no really but then you see um fiona's face kind of go grow a little grim meaning madison may have been the one that actually did that so that makes her i think freak out a little bit even more but Ah. what my why i think this is the crux of the whole episode is that's exactly what fiona is doing to madison making her feel comfortable and safe in a place where she shouldn't be feel safe comfortable because she is the next maybe she's the next supreme but she's this hot young little thing gaining powers uh, very quickly, right. draining Fiona. So that's I, I loved it, and I didn't think about that toward the, until the end. But that's exactly what she does. She makes her feel safe. Uh huh. That's an interesting point. You know, I thought that in that lunch scene we were kind of leaving things ambiguous, like maybe Madison isn't the actual supreme, and we kind of left it that way. But that's an interesting observation about the color draining from Fiona's yeah. face. And also, I really like that comparison that she's kind of essentially doing the same thing to Madison and not even through powers. Not She's through just power, being right. manipulative through right. like being extra nice, you know, right. taking advantage of her. So let's jump back to this end scene where right. they arrive back at the house after having kind of been out drinking um, at the bar all night and Fiona reveals to Madison that Madison is the next Supreme and also confesses that she's the one who killed um, her supreme, basically. Right. This is a very tense scene, and it's lit. It seems almost exactly like our opening sequence. It's very eerie and dark, and you know, fire flames on, on the on the walls, and right. And I, I mean, obviously, it's the same setting. I think it's yeah meant to be that way. Supposed right. to feel exactly the same. And Fiona says that the young supreme saps the strength from the older supreme. And that she's been noticing herself getting weaker, and she asks Madison if she's noticed herself getting stronger. Um, and she has. It reveals she has cancer, and then pulls out the razor blade, the razor blade she used to kill her Supreme, and tells Madison to slaughter her. Yeah. She says that I've squandered my own power, and says, kill me now. Uh, so question for you here. <laughs> uh, um, what ends up happening, of course, is that they kind of argue over it. Madison doesn't want to do it. She's like, Fiona. No, no, no. Fiona ends up taking the blade and slashes Madison's throat. Right. Now, was this... Whoa! By the was way, Was this Fiona's whoa. plan the entire time? That is exactly what I was going to ask you. Was Madison's death accidental or was it premeditated? I don't know. I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this a few times. Um, I like to think that there's a... I think that it was accidental, but that being said... Obviously, we've seen her stewing, uh, Fiona stewing with the the idea of this young, hot thing gaining her powers and becoming, you know, just a reminder of her mortality, uh, of Fiona's mortality. So I think it was because that argument escalated, it was 
not premeditated. It was an accident, and her just acting out of instinct, which is to destroy anything that uh, would challenge her power or her youth or her vitality or whatnot. Um, that being said, I could you can easily make the argument that it was intentional. I don't know. What do you think? I, that's the argument I was going to make is that just the signals from the way she was acting at the bar to, um, like you said, back at the restaurant to what we know about her from the opening scene when she killed her own Supreme, that she just doesn't seem like the kind of person that would give up on herself or back down like that. She is going to like throttle every last breath out of this life that she can muster. Basically, right. and when she kills Madison, she says to Spalding, "Like this coven doesn't need a new supreme, you know." And when she says that, I can't, I couldn't help but feel as if that was a thought that had been in her head from the moment she took Madison to lunch. I agree. So as soon as she kills her, like I'll try to like look at Fiona's face just to see what her reaction was, and it looked to me to be a little bit of a shock, like, "Oh my god, I I just did this." But then her her whole behavior afterwards is like. You know, all right, clean up this mess, Spalding. Um, also, poor Dennis O'Hare is now back to burying bodies. <laughs> I know. Just like he was in season one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, we did have one of our listeners uh, write in and say, like, how cool would it have been if Emma Roberts's character, um, Madison, was played by Kate Mara, who would have been, kind of played a kind of similar bitchy i guess type role in season one uh as the as the pregnant girlfriend of uh dylan mcdermott's character but anyway um this is a great question for people who listen to our podcast what do you guys think was it intentional or was it uh an accident absolutely let's take a poll and see what people say i mean put your opinions up on facebook and we'll even throw the question up there and have people kind of right give us what they what do you guys all what think? What their thoughts are, because, I mean... I say accident here at the moment. Tyler says intentional. I say premeditated. So whose side are you on? What do you believe? Or was it a combination? I mean, I don't know. I think it's a great question, and it's something that'll be fun to debate. Um, a couple other points, obviously, we need to hit on this episode before we wrap things up here. Important things to talk about. Cordelia going to go see Madame uh, Marie, Marie Laveau. Laveau. Or as they Marie call Laveau. her when she shows up, uh, is Mamba, Mambo in? Yeah, I like yeah. that. Awesome, awesome nickname. Yeah. Um, so let's let's take note here. We did have a um, listener write in and tell us that Marie Laveau apparently really was a hairdresser back in the 1830s, like right. back in the day. So maybe that was not as offensive as we initially took it to be. <laughs> you know, well, at least you know me. I jump right to that's stereotypical. Well, here we are being overly sensitive, but yeah. I'm like um, defending them or the Christians, like everyone. <laughs> you are a defender. You yes. are the defender of of everybody. And we have Cordelia go to talk to Marie Laveau at the salon and basically wants to have this fertility spell done upon her. And Marie Laveau describes this spell and I like the sequence they were showing for this spell was awesome and at the same time disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like the boiling jar of semen that's <laughs> like this was put gross. On the fire. Yeah. And I mean it it's gross, but it was like it was well filmed. It's yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> Man, there's God, this show's so gross sometimes. I love and it. I eat it the, up. The, oh, that's how the, wrong. Poor choice of words. Poor choice of words. <laughs> 
The goat blood on the abdomen and everything. I mean, uh, like, pretty... why does she have to lift her dress up? To it's just like, oh boy, uh, pretty grisly. American Horror Story. Here we go. <laughs> so we get this whole thing of like, this is what the spell would be, but I ain't gonna do it to you because you are the yeah daughter I'm gonna of do my it worst for enemy. Hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you're the daughter of my worst enemy. So makes you kind of wonder if maybe Cordelia is gonna sell out Fiona so yeah. she can get her fertility drugs. I, I like how um, Sarah Paulson's been playing this character, too. She's polite, n- nerdy, kind of. Like, I remember she, like, kind of pushes her glasses up at one point, which is, I'm sure is acting 101 to look, like, innocent and sweet. But she's doing a good job. I, I like it. I hope she gets more more crazy stuff to do. And, th- and that's, I think, what we're going to see coming up with her character. She is now faced with not being able to get what, what she wants most in life. One thing I, wa- I do want to say about this this school is that we have not seen any teaching really go on so far if Sarah Paulson yeah. is so um, this big <laughs> defender of you know the Salem Covenant and like teaching them to be um, discreet and stuff like that she has done a terrible job so far because we so see fun. Madison doing public displays of magic everywhere we see Zoe bringing a dude back to life from the undead and running around with him all over New Orleans. I mean... There's never any classes. <laughs> clearly, clearly, she's a little preoccupied with her own pregnancy right now that she doesn't have time to do the teaching. This is the maybe, easiest school ever. And maybe Fiona has told her that she's doing the teaching, but really, she's just smoking and <laughs> killing the students. <laughs> yeah, she just killed one of the four students. Uh, uh, lack of teaching, so I'd like to see some more of that in future episodes. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about the another student in kind of this last storyline, which involves, of course, Queenie and right. Madame Delphine Lellerie. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it starts the episode with her starts with her crying over there being a black president. Um, that was which, silly, but kind of fun. Yeah, almost comical because of yeah. how ridiculous it is. It's and, an easy joke, but it's a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can't not make it. We've said that about some of these witch jokes. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to get it out get, of the way. Get it out of your system. <laughs> um, of course, and then uh, Fiona brings in a maid outfit and tells LaLaurie that she's going to be the maid. And so we have LaLaurie go as the maid and start serving breakfast, right. what at lunch, whatever, to the girls. And basically refuses to serve like, Queenie. <laughs> yeah. And I love it because Queenie doesn't put up with it. She's like, "No, I want to. I wanted frisbee to this plant at your head, <laughs> dude. I wanted to see her do some voodoo shit to her. Oh, no, like, no. maybe that's coming up or something like that." But Fiona comes in and says, "Basically, I hate racists. You're yeah. gonna be Queenie's slave. There's nothing for the rest. I hate more than a racist. Yeah, <laughs> and you're gonna be Queenie's slave for. <laughs> I know. I know. They're like real. Like this storyline's a little weird, but it's. I enjoy it. It's fun." Oh yeah, of course, some killer irony here. And so we see... And she calls her slave a few times, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she calls her slave as Lori's cooking for her. She's... Is she making like a apple pie or something like that? I don't remember exactly what she's rolling out. I don't remember. When, of course, they're in the kitchen, just the two of them, and she's cooking for Queenie when... Lori sees something in the garden, and before they even showed it, I you knew it had was a feeling. I knew it was the Minotaur lurking out there. I was scared uh, a little bit though too. And then he like pops up in the window. Yeah, oh, like, that was great. Ah! I loved it. Uh, terrifying Minotaur, um, and Queenie 
He's like, what are you tripping on? Le- like, learns about what basically the Lori did to the Minotaur and, like, who was takes some of her blood and takes it out to the Minotaur. I was assuming to, like... Question for you on this before we get into what she does. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, she's she goes. Why is she protecting Lulari? Why is she handling this? I thought that she was not protecting Lulari. This is what I thought was happening: is that she was taking the blood out so the Minotaur could get the scent of the blood, and then would go like be able to track right. her from wherever and go kill her. Okay, that's what I thought was happening because she was like feeling bad for the Minotaur. Yeah, and like hates Lori and thinks that she deserves to be gored. Right, right. And I mean, I I think we're obviously sympathetic at this point to Queenie as a character. We don't know a ton about her outside of the fact that people made fun of her weight. I mean, you know that she's a virgin. They do mention she's a virgin. That's right. Right. And I do love, I just want to say, I love that they, Nan makes the point that she's not a virgin that like, I get it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nan's great. That girl, Jamie, the actress is doing a phenomenal job with her. Anyway. Um, Back to Queenie defending or protecting uh, Lolari. I, I don't... I, I'm so... I, yeah, I, I'm still confused why, because we don't really get an answer. Out, and I don't think it's just to go because she's horny, but... Uh, anyway, but she... So for some reason, she chooses to do it. And I think they've been trying to make us a little sympathetic toward uh, um, Lolari a little bit in the, in the, like, crazy old, you know, racist grandma way, uh, where... I mean, obviously, I we remember the episode one where she was just the worst person in the Horrifying. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think maybe they're trying to, maybe she's going to learn a lesson or, or something like that. But anyway, for some reason, Queenie's going to go out and handle the situation. I was getting excited to see her do some voodoo stuff. Right. And um, or, voodoo doll. I thought, yeah, I thought she was going to do the human voodoo doll. Um, I was excited to see more of that. And of course, she goes out and... I mean, clearly she's very lonely. I think they make that clear right. in, in the past episodes, like when we see kind of her flashback last episode. Um, but we, instead of seeing any voodoo stuff go down, we kind of see her getting hot and bothered and wanting to... She does voodoo him. No, she voodoos him by, tr- by pleasuring herself. Oh, I see. I don't even know if I yeah. realized this was happening. She, she starts like talking to him and like kind of like, we're like the same person here. People think we're beasts. And then she starts... Rubbing herself, and in turn, I didn't even he, think about turning that. him on and and getting him to do her. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Interesting. Yeah, and it, of course, here in the yard at the end, we kind of see his hand jump over her face. Right now, is he like is he attacking her? That that I mean, that's kind of a cliffhanger there. I don't know if that's a sexual thing or if it's a I'm gonna kill you thing because i have like stronger powers than you or or i'm laveau's uh, um empowering me and she has bigger powers i don't know yeah not really clear there either but like i said another cliffhanger we've got a few going on not where i saw that scene going i saw her maybe getting stalked and actually maybe dying because she's not a main character even though i think that would have been a total waste um and and we you had speculated before that you think that she's going to get recruited back to Marie Laveau's uh side. That was my guess. Yeah. Um and this would be a step toward that if she survives. So I guess right. we'll see but at the same time like we mentioned we saw her only as a guest star in the credits so maybe she dies. Right. I did not see her in the scene banging the minotaur though. No, I certainly did not. We had a ton of curveballs in this episode. A lot. Uh, it was great. Queenie Queenie banging the minotaur. We have Kyle's mom trying to bang him. Right. We have... Um, Madison being the supreme possibly. Ma- 
And then, and then in turn, getting her throat cut. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, this kudos to this episode for throwing us twists and turns at every right um, in every this is, corner. This is as we've mentioned before. This season's running very fast pace. We are just, which is great. I love this. I love this tempo. It, it is a very fast tempo. I want. I'm looking forward to. Okay, so kind of getting to the the point the final wrap up here right i i do enjoy the tempo i'm looking forward to seeing the stories tied together a little bit more i do think that's coming right i think that's coming with cordelia's story after she's interacted with marie laveau now i think that's going to somehow have more to do with fiona we're gonna see Um, there's a wedge there for sure between obviously we see fiona's youth thing playing out in the relationship with madison and i think coming up we're gonna see um we kind of got a hint of that in upcoming scenes from the season um we're going to see how that relates then to Spalding and Dennis O'Hare is going to become more of a character. I think what the one we're really missing, and I, I mean, and anyway, uh, obviously we're also going to follow um, how, you know, Queenie and the voodoo Minotaur interact and where that takes them as well with the whole Madame Laurie. Totally. Or Madame uh, Laveau storyline. But, so we have all that kind of, we can see the tendrils of those coming together. The one that doesn't fit still is... Kyle and Zoe. Really? Yeah, that one's kind of detached from everything else. Wasn't there a storyline last season that we felt the same way? Like, we weren't sure like why where it was happening? going, and then it tied, then it kind of came together? I feel like that was the case. I'm trying to remember which one it was. If it was... Aliens? Or Al- yeah, Aliens never... <laughs> Raspers? I don't remember exactly which one it was, but there was some storyline that we felt did not necessarily fit and i feel like it all tied together let's brainstorm on that and yeah we can talk about it next episode or something i'm like sure that. there's a plan for it but yeah at this point it's kind of like all right well they're off doing their thing being in, in kind of love but it's just bizarre well and i was going to say for that reason i'm going to give it four out of five um minotaur pieces <laughs> uh just because I think last week we gave it four out of five, and I really liked the twists and turns this episode. I do like the pace it's going at. I just don't see where the whole Kyle and Zoe storyline is going, and I'm looking forward to Evan Peters doing more talking again. I'm getting tired of the moaning. Yeah. Um, what's your call? Oh man, now that you said that and you pointed out the the things that I because I I, I I was so focused on the things I liked that I kind of forgot about some of the things that were kind of odd that were not great. But I want to say. I'm going to give it four and a quarter because I think we should be able to give quarters because we're both, because we're adding it together, you know, because then, then we'll only ever have whole numbers. <laughs> True. Okay. Is it going to be a leg? Is it going to be an arm? Or halves. A uh, hoof. Yeah. A hoof. <laughs> okay. That's four and a hoof. Four and a hoof. Uh, just because I loved the, the twist that uh, Madison possibly was the Supreme. Uh, and that she dies. <laughs> That's crazy. Or, oh, and this is the last thing I was going to... Okay, so let's wrap up on this question, because this is something I meant to ask, and I don't think I did. Do you think that she... Do you think Emma Roberts is gone? Do you think Madison is dead? Is that... No, because I'm pretty sure in the preview for next episode, I saw a hand come out of the ground a la Carrie. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that when we saw that happen. Yeah. yeah. And she's she's at one of the main actresses billed in well, the thing. And well, let's think about this for a second. Maybe one of the seven powers is necromancy. Oh, good point. Very good point. So, Emma Roberts still may be the supreme, the next supreme. That is, um, sort of Diana Ross. Uh, <laughs> question for you, and or actually, no, no, no. What? So we, so that's a total of eight and a quarter. 
Eight and a quarter. All right. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's not, a good, not that's a bad That's a solid rating. episode. A really good that's episode, the best, actually. That's the best one best, so far. Best rating so far, I would have to say. It's, and, you know, and that's kind of how it's, it went last season, too. You know, it keeps getting, as more stuff happens and the story develops and we get to know the characters more. Right. We get right. more into it. Um, preview for next episode. I, I do, so that I saw the hand coming out. And I also saw Francis Conroy is going to be back as the Grace Coddington ginger miss frizz uh character and she looks furious that uh fiona killed uh madison right so excited to see francis conroy back it seems like we see more details about uh dennis o'hare spalding and how he lost his tongue um it looks like we'll see what happens with queenie i i think i saw her body laying on a bed but i couldn't tell if she was dead or just sleeping or hurt or whatnot uh-huh, and I assume we'll learn more about Cordelia and her pregnancy, and obviously how Kyle and Zoe fit into this whole yeah. rest of the story. Let's bring them back um, in. Yeah, but anyway, looking forward to it one way or another. That's eight and a quarter. I think that's a great rating. Yeah. Um, that's a good, I'm excited good episode. Yeah, good episode. I'm excited for next week. Hats off again to our buddy um, Alfonso Gomez. Gomez and of course, Ryan Murphy and all those guys. Yeah, uh, writer for this episode was James Wong. I should point out he he did a mm-hmm. pretty good job uh, with uh, some of that dialogue again as well, which we've always enjoyed in in these episodes. Especially, I want to also props Jessica Lang did a great job acting and conveying emotions with just expressions and, and oh yeah, there's a lot of envy um, and jealousy, but still a lot uh, of that showing not telling we were talking about right yeah her this episode. And the other thing I wanted to point out is I even though it was kind of silly, Kathy Bates did, is doing great, I think. Like she has it's like a comedic performance in a way. Um there are times when she wails that yeah. it's just hysterical. When, when she goes lies. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was so cool. Uh, anyway. she has been very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, oh, and oh, oh, one more thing I was going to ask you. So are we done with Patty Le- or are we done with Patty Lapone, the neighbor, oh. now that Madison's gone? Or do you think that Carrie's going to come out of the grave to go? Oh, yeah. Patty Lapone's not done yet. She's going to do something. And maybe we'll get a, a, a singing sequence with her and Jessica Lang. Good <laughs> <laughs> look forward to that. Maybe Barbara Streisand will show up. Oh, boy. That, in Brian Murphy's dreams. <laughs> in, in Brian Murphy's dreams. Um, and I, I do think I would love... I know we talked about asking everyone if they would email us or, or Facebook us or whatever about uh, if they think Madison's death was in, uh, intentional or uh, accidental. But I think another question I want to ask that uh, you brought up just now is who is the next Supreme? Do you think it is Madison or do you think Zoe will come into her own at some point and become the other Supreme? Or is it going to be Cordelia that could be the Supreme? Like, who do you guys think it is? I mean, we're yeah, just who's the next Supreme. Like, firing in the dark on who we think but i mean i, I don't oh, yeah. think any of us thought uh that madison could have been it so that's kind of exciting that anyone's game mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean guesses are out on the table so it'll be exciting to see what people think um with that i think let's go ahead and try to wrap this up here um chris where can people follow you for more information uh-huh. <laughs> these days at chris Husted on twitter chris with a k what about you tyler Check me at TJMoss11. Give us a review on, on uh, iTunes, too. That helps us uh, kind of get exposure. That's right. Absolutely. As he said, check us out on iTunes. Um, ratings, reviews, critiques, all that good stuff. And, of course, like us on Facebook at This American Horror Story Podcast. And email us. Answer, give us answer, your answers to those questions at ThisAmericanHorrorStory at gmail.com. Wait, real quick. Thanks to Amanda Hibsch- Hibschman. Who was the one who told us about uh, Marie Laveau actually being a hairdresser? 
That's right. Excellent. We appreciate you your comments that. like that. That is awesome. And uh, with that, um, we will wrap it up. So I have to say good night, everybody, and um, happy awnings. Mwah! Doesn't matter.